Hi, my name is Alex Keon, and thank you for tuning in to Mentor Moments. I've personally been fortunate to have a great mentor in my life who has literally changed the trajectory of my career. However, I know that not every young person will have that same opportunity or experience. That's why I've created this podcast to give you rare access to executives and leaders who will share insightful advice to help you on your personal and professional growth journeys. This episode is sponsored by Alchemy Technology. Alchemy is an award-winning digital banking software company which serves upwards of 160 financial institutions and empowers more than 10 million users to make the most of their financial futures. Learn more by visiting alchemy.com. So joining us today is Grant Moyes. He serves as the eighth publisher of the Dallas Morning News, one of the top 10 newspapers in the country. He has served as its publisher since February 2018, but is a veteran of the Dallas Morning News and its parent company, A.H. Bellow. Having previously served in a variety of leadership roles, and he has overseen its business strategy, mergers and acquisitions, and monetization of its digital assets. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Alex. It's our pleasure. And I always like to start off these interviews by asking first, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, it's a great question because uh, I'm one of these rare, I was one of those rare kids, Alex, that knew what I wanted to do at a young age. And so I, I just feel so fortunate. I was, when I was 15, I was interning uh, in news departments in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I grew up. And if they would let me carry the tripod, carry the camera, just hold the microphone while they were interviewing, I'd do whatever they uh whatever they wanted. So I, I think some people, uh, I, I was a basketball player too. You know, I, I, I don't, I think I was more of a, uh, a newsroom rat than a gym rat. I know the term gym rat. I, I definitely was not that, but uh, I was a newsroom rat. So they couldn't quite kick me out of there. They weren't paying me a penny, but they couldn't get me to leave the TV newsroom. And how did your passion for journalism really get started? You know, I mean, I, I think I was much like a lot of people in my generation. Um, so I'm interested, you know, I'm at an interesting age being in this role. I'm 45. Uh, so I can really kind of understand, I would say, someone who grew up kind of, I'd say, maybe at the at the very beginning of the digital age. Um, just to give you a sense, email really started when I was in college. I know a lot of you listening to this podcast will say, man, that makes him old. Um, but, you know, I'll just tell you that when I was growing up, I was watching my dad read a morning and an evening newspaper every day. Um, and uh, I don't know, I wasn't actually, ironically, I wasn't that interested to the newspaper format, but I was obsessed of watching TV uh, with people like Tom Brokaw and Dan Rather and just, you know, watching people who've now become icons of, uh, of broadcast news. So I think I just got curious about it by watching, but then I just became obsessed with it where finally my mom was like, you know, you need to turn off the evening news and come to dinner, which that's kind of a rare thing to say to probably someone who was only 12 or 13 at the time. No, definitely. And that's a very interesting journey that you shared. I know that you've once said that you've worked pretty much every job there is since Dallas Morning News. As someone who has successfully climbed that ladder to become an executive, what advice can you share with people who are interested in rising to the leadership level in their own field? If you want to rise to the top, you've got to set the destination in your mind. Um, I can't tell you, Alex, how many people I still talk to when I'm interviewing them. And I may be interviewing people that are younger than me. I may be interviewing people that are in their 50s. 
uh, that are a little bit older than me. And when I ask them, I always, this is my favorite interview question to ask. I said, okay, if we are raising a glass at your retirement dinner and giving a toast, what job are you finishing in and what would you like to have accomplished? The number of people, I would tell you, out of every 10 people I asked that interview question, only two of them can answer it with conviction. And I think that's part of the reason why people don't rise to the level that they want is because they don't know where they're going, right? I mean, I'm guessing anyone who's on this podcast, if you and your friends piled into a car, you know, and they said, hey, jump in, we're going on a road trip. Well, the first thing you'd ask is, well, where are we going? Unless you know where you're going, I don't think you really want to get a, get in the car to go on the journey. And uh, I, it's the exact same thing with your career. I was unique. I was mentored by an amazing mother who ended up being a senior vice president and executive vice president running Fortune 500 HR departments. And she said, if you want to get somewhere, set the destination. And, uh, you know, but also you can't do it in a naive way, because if you just walk in and you're. 21 years old interviewing for your first job and you say, I want to run this company, then, then the person interviewing you is going to say, who is this punk? You know, I mean, right. They're just going to say, who does this quote unquote kid think he is or she is. But if you do it respectfully by saying, I want to run a company one day and I know that I'm going to have to work my tail off to get there and I'm willing to do what it takes and I'm committed to it you're going to see someone on the other side of that table say, wow, I think this person, uh, they have drive, they know where they're trying to go, but they also know that you're not going to get anything handed to you. Thank you so much for that insightful answer. And I couldn't agree more about knowing your destination. Obviously, what's also important is the steps to get to that destination, your goals that you set along the way. What would you say your process is for setting goals? It's such a good question. I end every year with a blank slate and I say, okay, well, first of all, you got to think of like, I'm doing this right now. I mean, so 2020 is coming to an end. I look at not only what were my personal goals, but when you run a company like I do, I have a company of 760 people. So it's also my job to set the goals for those 760 people as well. So I look back and say, okay, what did I accomplish in the past? And then I say, okay, what is what has been done well and maybe is is completed? What still needs to be started, or you know, or, or what's in the middle? You know, what's something that you know what we made great progress this year, but we've got another another leg of this race that we've got to run to finish that. And so um, the one thing I think about setting goals that's most important is I think a lot of people get fixated on, oh my gosh, is this the right goal? Well, I mean, look. It, there, there are 50 different answers to that question of what goals you should set. But I think especially for young people, when you're joining an organization or you're in an organization, the first thing I do is ask my boss, where is the company trying to go? What are we trying to achieve? And then do my goals align with what you want me to do with the company's goals? The reason why you ask that question is, A, if the person looks at you and says, I don't know what our company goals are, I mean, hey, I'd, I'd probably go find a new company. Or I would then just go, if you love your company, I would just press your boss of saying, okay, well, can I help in some way to do that for this company? Because I want to know where we're going. And then I want to know if the work that I'm doing is leading to our success as a company. And it's also an important thing to ask too, because you may find that a company has goals, 
But if your goals that they're asking you to do aren't aligned with them, it also may mean that you're not necessarily in a very important position in that company, or you may not be in an important department. And that's another reason why asking those questions about goals is important. Yeah, that's uh, definitely some good advice that I've, I always kind of want to ask guests is, you know, how can you as a young person, you know, in, in a in a lower position and at the start of your career, really contribute to the goals of a company? That's always something that I feel like can be hard to grasp. Well, and it's important. I mean, it, it that's why I always just start with make sure you know what they are and make sure, frankly, that your boss or your boss's boss know what those goals are and know what the vision is of where you're going. It's almost back to that last question you asked when I was mentioning to you that if people are getting into a car on a road trip, the first thing they're going to ask is their destination. I mean, I've been running this company in this role for three years. I've probably been doing it for five years. Well, the number one question people ask me is, where are we going, boss? And then I've got to say, here's where we're going. Are you with me? Does that make sense to you? Because that's also the job of the leader is to go back to other people and say, hey, I've laid out the, the, the roadmap of where we're going. But you know, if, if, if employees aren't giving you feedback, well, then there's a whole separate set of challenges, Alex, because then you know, they're, they're saying, yeah, I know that's where he thinks we should go, but man, clearly he doesn't even know what's going on around here. Cause that's no, that's, we're not doing that at all. You know, so that com- the communication needs to go both ways. Now, as someone who works in the news and probably thinks about this a lot, do you have any general advice you can share with young people about really understanding their sources and evaluating the truthfulness of them? Well, I mean, I, I think you, you hit on the key thing first. I, gave a high school graduation speech a couple of years ago at my alma mater. And, and the entire theme of it was, especially for high school graduates, is trust your sources. Meaning, but also to your point, know who your sources are. I mean, the one thing that, again, I'll start with something that doesn't have anything to do with media, right? If I'm growing and it doesn't matter if I'm 45 or 25, a big part of my sources are who are the friends that I choose to hang out with? You know, it may be, the sources that I didn't get to choose were my parents. Fortunately, I was lucky to have you know two great ones. I still have one great one. Um, but there's a piece where the sources in your life is not just news and information. It's everything that you surround yourself with. It's the people you're connected with on Facebook, on, on TikTok, on Snapchat. I mean, it's the people that you choose to interact with. Those are sources, right? But when you're talking about media, you have to understand, well, what are my sources? And especially with social media sitting in the middle of a content creator. So the Dallas Morning News is a content creator. That's the way we see ourselves. Then we've got Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. We call those the platforms. Well, those platforms sit between us, the content creator, and many of you listening to this podcast who are the listener um, or the reader because you're trying to understand. So then the question is, when somebody says, oh, well, if you said, you know what, that's fake news, whatever it may be, it may be a presidential election, or it may be a crime that was reported, you know, down the street. The difficulty of that is, okay, so well, then what was your source? So like, oh, I read it on Facebook. Facebook isn't a source. Facebook doesn't originate any content, nor does Google. They give you the content that people like the Dallas Morning News create, what are the sources? Because your source isn't Facebook. Your source is not Instagram. They're not your sources. They're just a distribution vehicle. And so I think what you really want to do is say, okay, but then double click on that. Who was the source? Because all you have to do is open the article. 
when you saw it there and just decide, okay, well, is that a, is that a trustworthy source? Well, first of all, thanks for giving that great overview of just how to evaluate different sources. And I like the distinction you draw between content creators and distributors. And I think that's something that people conflate too often. But what I was really interested in your answer is how you even describe the people in your circles as sources to a degree and how that just plays such a huge role. What do you think are some traits that young people who want to be successful should kind of evaluate the people they spend their time around against? I'd say the most important one is thinking about are the people that you're surrounding yourselves uh, with, do they lift you up or are they trying to knock you down? Some of my best friends from high school that are still my good friends today are people that have just cheered me along or encouraged me to do more than I thought I could do. And the people who I've dropped along the way, especially as I, I, I had more at least professional success, they just tried to tear me down. It, it was jealousy or it was just but or it was just people who did not have my best interests at heart. So I'd say the first and foremost, I would just focus on people who are really kind of lifting you up and trying to to help you become more than you are. Um, I also think it's the people that it's called good times and in bad. Are these people only with you because, you know, and I have to ask myself that question sometimes. Are people only with me because I have a fancy title? Are people only with me because I've been successful? Or, And I think you all have to ask yourself on this podcast, are people only with you because you're attractive or you're part of a group of people that they want to become a part of? Or is it because of the money that you have or maybe the people uh, of those that you don't have? So I'd ask yourself those questions. But the number one thing I just keep asking is, are these people lifting me up or are they tearing me down? And are these people successful? So again, it, it, to me, it's one of those things that when we talk about sources, and, and let's be honest, right, Alex, these people are a hundred times more of an important source than we are as a media company, because these are the people that they, they look to for affirmation. They're not looking to me at the Dallas Morning News for affirmation. They're just looking you know, to me for information. That's some great advice. And it's some that I hope every listener will heed because you know, I couldn't agree with you more that the people you, you have around you can really make or break you in some instances. Now, I do want to switch gears to talk about 2020. Obviously, it's been a year of many challenges uh, for all of us. And what I really want to ask you is, how do you personally deal with adversity whenever you're faced with it? A wise person once told me, you get what you're looking for. And so when I think about 2020, if I want to sit here and say, oh my gosh, we our advertising revenue is down or you know, I have nine employees who, you know, have gotten COVID just tears you apart. But if I said, okay, let's, what if I'm looking for the blessings of this year? And one of them is all nine of my employees who've gotten COVID, they are all back to full health. That's fantastic, right? If I look at not the advertisers we lost, but we look at those people who we've helped innovate their business model and turned maybe a brick and mortar business into an online e-commerce empire. Gosh, that makes me feel positive and reassures me that we're on the right track. You know, some my my wife and I call them COVID silver linings. And uh, so look for the COVID silver linings. And this year is a heck of a lot better. I'm not ignoring the fact that it's been difficult and painful, but, you know, we also can get ourselves into some pretty dark places mentally if that's where we uh, focus our time and attention. Yeah, focus on the good. That's something simple that everyone can do. And finally, I want to ask if there's one person, book, or podcast that you would recommend to young people because you think they could really learn from it, who or what would it be and why? 
You know, it's interesting. I'm going to, I thought about this question a lot. I'm going to give you maybe a contrarian answer. I don't think it's a book. I don't think it's a podcast. I think it's finding a mentor. I had someone reach out to me at the beginning of the pandemic. This guy had started a nonprofit at age 25, 26. He and I, he, I, we did, we actually covered a news story on him. And so I wrote him a note and sent him a poster slick copy of this news story saying, hey, good for you. First of all, you're an entrepreneur. Second of all, you're doing a lot of good for this community. And what did he do? He called me and he said, you know, he's being very formal. Mr. Moise, thank you. Da, da, da. And he goes, can I ask you a favor? And I said, what? And he goes, would you mentor me? And I said, well, why don't you tell me what that means to you? And he goes, would you meet me for coffee once a quarter it, just for a year, and can I ask you questions? Can I bounce things off of you? And I'll tell you what, Alex, not only am I meeting with this guy once a quarter, we're actually doing it about once a month. And I'm getting as much out of it, honestly, as he is. But it's one of those things, too, is the reason why I say, yeah, listen to a podcast. Don't get me wrong. There, there are a lot of great podcasts out there. I just listen to them as much for entertainment and to be Fed is anything. Um, I love reading books, but to me, to if you said, you know what, yeah, I want doing that and find a mentor, find someone you trust, find someone who you who's at least a decade, if not two, ahead of you in your career, because when you ask them, the chances of them saying no are very slim. I mean, nothing, nothing help makes someone like me feel any better? And do I have time to go have an hour and a half coffee with this guy every month? Um, yeah, I now I realized I do. But did I, you know, but he said, look, I just need an hour, a quarter with you. And that's all I want to do is pick your brain. I want you to kind of tell me how you've handled situations. I want you to, you know, answer questions, maybe that where this podcast feels like it's a one way and only you, Alex, are getting me to ask the questions. But if you find someone who you really admire and look, so, you know, what's the worst thing they can say? No. All right, fine. Go find someone else and ask them because that's also one of those things too. Not only will you gain a lot of wisdom, but you're also expanding your network. And for those of you who don't have a job right now, and I know that's a lot of people these days, you're not asking them for a job. You're just saying, would you mentor me? And that's how you have to ask it. Cause when you use the word mentor and you ask someone, um, a, we're honored by it. I mean, we feel honored by even being asked like that. Um, rather than, hey, would you have coffee with me once a quarter? You're like, well, what do you want to do? But when you ask someone if they want to mentor you, no book, no podcast, nothing can fill that. And, and uh, read a couple as well. But okay, Alex, I'm not going to cop out. I'll answer. I'll also answer your question. One that I've, I do kind of a lot of books on tape, but I listened to Shoe Dog, which is Phil Knight's kind of memoir. Uh, Phil Knight, as most of you on this podcast probably know, was the founder of Nike. I mean, first of all, it is so fun. You'll laugh. You'll be inspired. You'll understand what risk looks like and feels like. Uh, but you want to talk about someone who is committed to building arguably one of the strongest brands, not only in our country, but in the world. Go pick up a copy or go listen to Shoe Dog. Well, thanks for the recommendation. And more importantly, thank you for hitting on the point of finding a mentor because Obviously, that's something that I personally relate to. That's part of the reason why I started this whole show is the transformative power of a mentor. So, you know, I'm glad you emphasized that in your answer. 
No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Alex, I think, frankly, I, I've studied a little bit on what you've created here. And uh, and I just want to tell you, I'm really impressed with uh, with what you've kind of created in your building through the pod podcast. And I just admire it. So I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time to mentor all of our listeners a little bit today. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Mentor Moments. And I hope you'll join us on the next episode to continue your growth journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at My Mentor Moments.